So this is Family Electric Ghost, and in the background you're listening to Bondage Fest Grooves. This episode is explicit, so if you're sensitive to explicit content, you probably want to not listen to the rest of this. So we just got the Moog Grandmother, which completes the trio of mother-focused semi-modular synths. We started this journey when Moog put out two years ago the Mother 32. And then we um, were excited that the drummer from another mother, which is uh, another mother-based semi-modular synth, which appeared at Moog Fest, was put into production. Um, we were very excited about that because it's an analog drum machine. Uh, everybody knows the history of analog drum machines. We've got the 808, we've got the Lin LM1. Um, there's some very awesome things you can do with analog drum machines. And Moog's takeout drum machine is different than the 808. It's different than the LM1. <clears throat> and so it's not just a percussive synthesizer. It can do a lot of other things. One of the cool things that happened when the grandmother came out, it gave um, a, a full picture. Um, you had a Mother 32, a single oscillator synth. You have this DFAM, which is a two oscillator synth. They're both kind of confined to square and triangle waves. But you can get sine waves and other waveforms out of them if you patch them correctly. But now, you know, what happened last year, we had the Bogue Grandmother, which gives you a Fatar keybed, uh, similar kind of power of the Mini Moog. Um, but you've got, uh, you know, the ability to have a spring reverb, the ability to have the CP3 mixer, uh, 9-11, I think, filter. And then um, you have all these Moog modular little pieces that are fully patchable. And so it becomes the central control with a keyboard, and I'm a keyboardist, for your Eurorack solutions. And previously, we've taken the Mother 32 and the DFAM and, and used... Uh, a MIDI connection to actually trigger them with our Juno. But to have a real Moog keyboard to be able to trigger and an awesome sequencer, which is very powerful. So in the, in the last couple of songs we've done with the, the grandmother, we thought we were going to run leads with it, but we've actually been using the LFO um, and then using the sequencer to create, and the, and the spring reverb to create very atmospheric, strange modulation. Uh, which we find to be very interesting. And it's just a very powerful um, kind of atmospheric synthesizer. And we, we thought we were going to use it for leads, and we're going to get into leads and basses with it at some point. But we've been very impressed with the ability of it to just kind of create interesting sequences that add to our expansive sound. Now, expansive sound is the idea of using hardware sense to create music outside of the constraints of a DAW. Now, people use a DAW because it's it's good, it's very cost-effective. You can't afford a Moog, you can't afford a Roland or a Profit. <clears throat> you can get yourself a MIDI keyboard and get plugins and start producing in a very small space with a computer. However, since I'm a keyboardist and I like the ability to kind of have non-perfunction analog and hardware sense that lend to that, 
using things like Moogs actually gives you a different way to write. You end up writing more like when I started music with a band in the garage or in the basement and you're just jamming and you're coming up with tunes. It gives you that ability as a one-person band to, to really have very uh, exploratory sessions and very interesting modular um, experiences. And I think that's what the draw of Eurorax in a modular sense and the fact that Moog came back from being dead, the profit came back from being dead, that you've got companies out there like Analog Solutions and Pittsburgh Modular and, you know, Behringer, a lot of people are very interested in analog-based synthesis or Eurorack-based synthesis. Companies like Make Noise and Make the Mass Module, which we use to great effect. It just gives you a lot of power and it gives you the experience of you're not just stuck on a grid and the reason we can pull all this together is we use an old school kind of concept instead of like we used to use a Tascam four track back in the day with a Roland D5 and a chord sequencer. Uh, we moved up to using a, a Zoom R16, which is a digital recorder. Allows you to take in quarter inch lines from your hardware sense and track them up to 16 tracks. We moved to the 24 track Zoom R24. And it's a great way of capturing analog sense because you don't get any compression. It says right now, you're going to go right to your instrument, put something down. And what's cool is it allows you to capture the kind of one-time experience of some of these analog sense, especially the Moog DFAM. In some cases, it's very hard to get the DFAM to uh, do the same thing over and over. I mean, there's some things you can patch or patches, but when you're experimenting, um, outside the patches that you can find on the web, you can sometimes like not be able to re remember what you did or the, the machine itself seems to act a little different because it's analog. It has kind of life to itself. Um, so if you record it into a Zoom, you, you can actually record that sound as it was and we replay it over and over and over again. It's not a computer. It's not going to crash. And so we've done that in performances in New York and Boston by taking these analog synth tracks and tracking them to the Zoom, which allows you to actually have kind of what, what they used to do. Like the Who did that with Who's Next in um, Baba O'Reilly and uh, Won't Get Fooled Again are tracked on tape, and tape machines would run, and the band would be kind of locked into playing with the tape machine. The cool thing about playing with the R24 is we can run it into a, into a MX-1 performance mixer, and if we want to put a stop, we can use the roller, we can run it into a flanger. We can run it through a digital delay. So we can actually alter it as needed, uh, which is interesting. Or run it through a filter, like have it go through a Mother 32, and then use the filter to kind of change it. Uh, use the, the decay to change it. You can do a lot of cool things. So you can use analog capabilities of these sense to change the signal, even if it's, if it's a static symbol, sing, signal. So the idea of um, bondage, fetish, grooves, is um, that that we're doing um, this kind of concept that Josephine Electric has been very much into. Um, she she is known for being a dominatrix, you know. She, so she she gets into these kind of bondage fetish situations, and pay, pretty much in this situation, she's not being the alpha. She's kind of submitting to this other partner. You don't know if the partner is a male or female, but she kind of berates the partner uh, in her kind of dominatrix mindset. And, and the whole thing is it's all 
kind of fun and games to um, Josephine. She's she's ethereal. She's kind of like a supernatural being. She really can't be hurt. So for all those who were like, oh, I don't like this uh, abusive uh, sadomasochist fetish thing. Again, we said this episode is a uh, um, sensitive, explicit material. So the idea that, you know, she is, finds the, the pleasure in the pain and the pain really doesn't hurt her because she's a supernatural, ethereal phantasm that can be physical. So when she's physical, maybe her, it seems to hurt her, but she can kind of heal herself like a Wolverine or something. <laughs> Marvel reference. Um, so it's just kind of like what she wants to do. She's kind of gone through a lot in her life. So she kind of, in order to feel alive, sometimes she feels pain to feel vital or to feel present. So this song is very interesting um, from the standpoint is that we were watching some um, YouTube videos on how to use our Moogs. And there was an interesting thing thing because the DFAM, one of the limitations is only eight steps. So sometimes you can get caught up in the fact that it can be very repetitive and you can use that <clears throat> for kind of like um, industrial, heavy, groove-focused, you know, straight tracks that don't have a lot of variation in the rhythm. But if you want to have something that's a little more jazz, because we're big fans of Sun Ra, we're big friends of experimental jazz, uh, an album like Space is the Place from Sun Ra is a kind of like very, very vital on our list. Oh, uh, you got experimental stuff from like bands like Funkadelic. So having a looser drum beat that sounds like a real drummer, kind of have a variation. One cool thing you can do is you can have the advanced clock from the DFAM run into the gate on the grandmother. And when you do that, um, if you don't run the sequencer, it will actually follow your notes when you're playing. So the drum will come in as you play notes. If you want that rhythm to come in and it's a little off the beat, you just put the sequencer on the grandmother and you put it on hold and it will run through. And if you want to introduce variations, you hit the record button on, a deep, on, the, on, on the grandmother, and you can alter the beat <clears throat> as you're playing, which has been shown on many videos from like loop pop to, uh, to Sonic State. <clears throat> so it gives you this ability to have this kind of evolving drum pad. And then you can also have a sequence pad going on at the same time. Um, and then it, when you want to run a lead, you're going to shut it off real quick and to do a lead and then turn it back on. So you can do all kinds of strange things. What we also did is we introduced a piano from the Juno to kind of play along with it. And then we would play around with the DFAM and change some aspects of the DFAM as it's running. So change the eight-step sequencer, which is the velocity and pitch. And you, you can actually play with that as it's running. You can play with the speed, overall speed of the sequence on the grandmother. So you got a lot of different things you can do between the grandmother and the Moog. Then if you get more complicated, you can run the signal into the mass module, and that even affects uh, its LFOs can affect the drum as well, which gives you even more capability because then you've got like two LFOs you can throw on top of it. And then if you throw it into a Mother 32, you have a third LFO. <clears throat> so you have a lot of cool analog techniques that you can play with through the controlled voltage. And this this whole bondage fetish groove thing is very um, seductive and it's, uh, you know, it's outrageous and, you know, it, it's not going to, it's not going to, you know, be everyone's favorite tune, but it, it's a really cool thing to be able to see what the Moog 
can do connected to these other modes. The other thing we did, which is very interesting, we've had this tool in our Sonic palette for a while, is the System 1M from Roland is a digital analog behavioral modeling synth that can make um, like analog sounds, you know, similar to a System 100 or System 500. It's got the kind of architecture of those old classic Moogs. So it's got those classic Moog oscillators that sound different in the filter is unique in itself. It doesn't sound like an Arturia or a Moog, or it sounds very unique. And so we used it with the BeatStep Pro to introduce some strange um, pad-like sounds, which is the System 1M is very good at doing like one note, very expansive pads with uh, interesting LFOs. And uh, it's got two oscillators and you can do a lot of cool things with the LFOs and the envelopes are sliders, which you can kind of see the visual representation of the envelopes when you're doing it. And it's got interesting noise and ring modulation. So <clears throat> we like to play with it for cinematic type effects and for expansive sound painting is it adds another palette of color type sound, it even has a color um, knobs on it for the oscillators to kind of give you some blending of, of the sound. So it's very useful. It works really well with the Moogs. And some people sometimes think it's a Moog, you know, when we're saying we're talking about Moog-based songs, but we always throw this Roland System 1M on all these tracks that we're talking about have the System 1M at some point. So the next track we have is Ode to Someone I Used to Know, where Josephine's kind of lamenting that this, this relationship she had and there's this person that she probably should have never known because they hurt him really bad uh, and they didn't really see it coming. And the person... Um, had all kinds of um, unsolicited praise for Josephine and they, they built up her ego and it made her think that they were flirting with her and then they were really just after uh, something else. And it really hurt her bad and it made her feel used. And we, we've taken that power of that feeling to create this track. What's interesting with this track, it's all DFAM running through uh, the Make Noise um, Morphogene and then run through the, the MXM performance mixer to create this very interesting um, beat, which is very mechanical, but somewhat um, kind of like organic. And it's, you know, it's coming from, from the Moog, which is an analog drum machine, but it's it's got this repetitive beat, but it seems a little off and we used it with the Juno piano. And then we also, again, have the System 1M coming in with some very interesting, um, sonic arrangements, which go from being at the a high octave to a low octave and have a very kind of crunchy guitar type feel. Then the latest effort, which goes back to the grandmother uh, technique of taking the advanced clock of the DFAM and running it into the gate, created another interesting beat, which you can develop on the DFAM and then bring it into the, the grandmother and use the sequencer to actually control how the beat runs. Again, on this song, we have the piano from the Juno, and then we have the System 1M, again, doing some interesting sonic uh, palette, atmospheric sounds, which is, the System 1M is great at that. We've always been interested in a System 8. We still think this System 8 has a very good place because our experience with the System 1M is that it's fantastic. It only has four voices. Um, to get an eight-voice version of that is probably very significant. And we know that the Zencore engine is really interesting, but 
the sonic palette on the system eight is still very it's basically the same kind of structure on the system one m it's just a little bit more to it um and uh we, we'd be very interested in using that we are kind of vacillating whether we get a jupiter x uh, system eight or phantom <clears throat> now in terms of production our juno the direct um synth that would kind of take the place of the juno is the phantom because the phantom is, is kind of a sound uh well it's a song creator's dream it allows you to structure sound songs and since we don't use a dog it gives you a lot of tools that would help us if we were crafting songs for for other people because it can easily send out the midi information to people and throw it into a DAW so that other people can understand what you're doing what we do with our zooms is sometimes we have to send our um, stems and the stems aren't structured the same way as the midi controls that you get from um from a DAW it's basically just the stems without the midi information um so if we wanted to be able to send MIDI information to another producer so they could change the sounds that we're using. But ten, we tend not to want to do that. And the way to kind of force that not to happen is we like using the sounds that we picked for the song. So if we do our recording style with R24, the, kind of, the other producers are kind of stuck. They can't change the sounds. So we've kind of, imp, imp, <laughs> we kind of forced our way. <clears throat> we've made it so they cannot change the core sounds of our of our track. They have to live with it, or they have to drop it out and replay it. Um, would we rather have them do that than just copy our MIDI? Um, so it is a good way if you're very um, kind of, well, you, if you know what you want and you are a control freak, uh, going with the R24 is a better way to do it like, and ensure that your sound isn't really changed uh, by a producer if they're going to use their original stuff. So this is uh, you know, our continued exploration of the grandmother and expansive sound. We are going to try a bunch of things with the grandmother. There's never-ending amount of patches you can do with this machine. Uh, we haven't gone into one of the things we want to use for lead uh, and also for big three-arm no chords. And we want to see if we can integrate it with... Um, the Moog House of Electronicus and see how you could may potentially add <clears throat> three additional oscillators by adding the um, DFAM and the Mother 32. There are patches from the Moog House of Electronicus that allow you to do three oscillator synth. We're wondering, could you take that three oscillator synth and then bring it in to the grandmother and then have a six oscillator Moog, which, you know, is pretty cool. Um, and we want to see if that's possible to do that. We're looking for patches that talk about that. We're, we're watching a lot of YouTube videos from Moog themselves and other people to see if that's possible. So we'll talk to you later. Again, if you like what we're doing, please um, support this podcast. And if you want to be a band that gets interviewed by us, send us a voice memo, and we'll talk to you later.